Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and you're listening to Talking CFD with Robin Knowles. It's kind of like my show, but for CFD nerds, prepare to ignite. Yes, so we are live. Right, um, welcome to the latest Talking CFD roundtable. We've done one of these before, and it was a heck of stressful. So this one's not live and probably going to be all the better for it. For those of you who listen to the podcast, the whole ethos behind the podcast is learning something from people who know something more about it than me. And today's panel certainly know more about being a woman in CFD than I do. So I'm almost guaranteed to learn something here. I have a little quick story and a bit of background as to why this roundtable came about. During the last season, almost a year ago, can uh, I don't know if anybody else thinks that's flown past but i had two very different conversations on this subject we had two female guests on the last season althea and joanna althea was the first to be interviewed and whilst we were chatting in the pre-interview i explained i was keen to get some female voices on the show as there weren't any in the first season and althea responded Ooh, i hadn't noticed and then fast forward to the end of season two i get an email from uh, aniko thanking me for adding some diversity to the interviews so those two reaction different reactions made me think i needed to dig into this a bit more so kind of what issues do women in cfd face that their male colleagues don't and are they all related to children maternity leave or is there something more going on and how do women deal with them is there anything that's peculiar to cfd or are these problems engineering wide are they going away or, or not really if i get really brave i might even go so far as to ask does any of this even really matter anyway um but before we get into any of that, I was going to introduce everyone. Or actually, how about you all introduce yourselves and I won't mangle anyone's name or anything any further. So if we just um, go around, uh, name what you do day to day in CFD and whether you're looking forward to this or you're mildly terrified. Uh, who wants to start? I'll start if you like. Cool. <laughs> right. So I'm Althea D'Souza. Um, I... Uh, I did start off doing CFD in industry, and I'm still doing CFD in industry, but I now run a small consultancy. So I've been listening to Robin's podcasts from the beginning and enjoyed them very much. I'm quite heavily involved in an organisation called NAFEMS. So anyone who heard my previous interview will have heard me talk about NAFEMS. And um, as well as running their CFD working group, so responsible for the NAFEMS CFD activities, technical, technically responsible, um, as well as that, I also uh, I also edit their bench or I'm commissioning editor for their benchmark magazine, which gives me a broader interest in um, simulation, I suppose. Um, and I run a small consultancy. Um, I don't know what is that everything. Sounds good to me. Who shall I point out next? Aniko. Okay. So I'm uh, Aniko Rakai. I work at uh, CatFam now as an account manager, but before I was working at CERN as a CFD engineer. Um, and I took up the topic of diversity because at CERN this was an issue which was really discussed very frequently. There was a really nice women in technology group where I was involved. Um, so, I mean, for me, diversity and uh, these kind of issues are always very interesting to talk about. And yeah, that's it. I've done a PhD with CFT and I think that's all. Cool. Who's in next? Is that you, Chris? 
think so. Hi, I'm Chris Wolf. I work for ANSYS. I was actually the product manager for Fluent, which is one of the main CFD codes, of course, in the community for nine years before before moving to multi-physics at ANSYS. So now I'm multi-physics product management here at ANSYS, which will touch as CFD, how it's involved in fluid structure interactions, so on and so forth. Had an interest in women in tech for some time and participate in an ANSYS women in tech group as well as some outside groups, including trying to get something going with Nathams with Althea. And I think the third question was, are you uh, happy to be here? Mildly terrified. And I am mildly terrified to be here today, Robin. <laughs> so, <laughs> nervous, but I think it'll settle down soon. No, I think it's all good. Elizabeth? Hi, I'm uh, Elizabeth McLean. I am originally from Sweden, but I'm now based in the UK. I started out working with CFD in aerospace industry in the US um, for a couple of years. And then I have been working for a software company in, in the, the UK. And then I went, took a break and went sailing for a year, which um, after that, I ended up setting up a CFD department for a luxury yacht company in, in the Netherlands. And from that, I went back to the UK and uh, I've been part of a an America's Cup team. Um, I have worked in groups where there have been not so many women and as well in groups where it's been about 50% of engineering. 50% of engineers are women. And Irene. Oh, hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Irena Juretic and I work for Creative Fields, uh, the creators of CF Mesh. Uh, and uh, I'm the only one here without the engineering degree, so I'm bringing my point of view here. I'm also the one uh, being a bit nervous about this. Uh, and uh, we recently uh, talked about uh, joining NAFEMS. We participated in one of uh, your meetings and uh, we'll be joining uh, you very soon. So we, we, we have... Uh, uh, a lot to talk to about. So, yeah, thank you everybody for introducing yourselves. That is uh, helpful for particularly for anybody watching, but I think for anybody listening as well and to give a bit of background. I um, I should probably introduce myself as well a little bit. I, um, I used to work in CFD consultancies and, and in F1. And I think in F1 there were um, two women in our group it was a group of about 20 and when i was at the consultancy there were no women there there were no women engineers there um i was there a little while yeah but you weren't really in the office were you no <laughs> yes um so the um the ratios of the the 50 50 i never got to that point like elizabeth um so why don't we start out, like I was saying, with a, a few of the issues that, that women in CFD face that their male colleagues probably don't. I know these are probably um, more engineering-related CFDs, but it's called talking CFD, not talking engineering. So we'll go for uh, a few of the issues that women in CFD face that their male colleagues probably don't. Um, and I'll start by asking, are they all related to children stroke? maternity leave or is there something more going on does anybody want to pick that up well I, I can start i would say they're mostly the ones that are the biggest issues are mostly not related at least for me to children and family life it's i think the biggest issue i faced in cfd is credibility and people believing you are who you are or not questioning your expertise when you say hi i'm chris i'm the product manager for fluent um, at that time 
and people, you know, really trying to explain really basic things to you by people. Usually it's men, unfortunately, and usually it's the newly minted PhD, furthermore, in my case, and trying to explain to you different turbulence models or something like that, that you live and breathe every day. Have we gone, have we got straight into mansplaining? <laughs> mansplaining is the thing that drives me crazy. So. <laughs> you should define it because I'd never heard it. I heard that term until we had this. Uh, we started this discussion. Sure, mansplaining is when a man tries to explain your own work to you, or something you are the expert, or expert at least more than he is to you. Is how I would explain it. And how do you respond to that? Instead of using all the shorthand, we use really go deep, really fast. And so then usually, okay, she knows what she's talking about. And then you can have a regular conversation after that. That's it's never a problem with a man I work with regularly, people I work with regularly. It's usually the new person. And once they get to know me, it's fine. But you have to like prove yourself more than I've seen men have to. I've certainly had that. Um, maybe not so much recently, but earlier in my career, I had that quite a lot. And I had... Um, a particularly uh, notable meeting when uh, we had an external consultant coming to visit us and it was a meeting with this external consultant me and one of our engineering directors and because the meeting was in a building that was different to where I was working I I thought it made sense for me to walk to the gatehouse to collect this guy when he arrived it was a male visitor a male expert and take him over to the place that we were going to have the meeting and one of our secretaries had set up the meeting so um, she'd done all the arrangements and it, that was a woman and when I went over to fetch him he assumed I was the secretary and, and it was really difficult because I, I sort of couldn't get to the point in the conversation where I could say hey no I'm Althea actually so he was saying things like oh do you enjoy being a secretary and, and, and it was awful and eventually we got to this meeting and he talked the whole way and I, you know, was getting increasingly embarrassed and we got there and our engineering director said oh yes you'll have met Althea and there was this horrible silence where this poor guy realised he'd, you know, made some assumptions based on my gender, which were completely inappropriate. <laughs> so I have had that. See, that's two out of five. Are we are we going for a full strike here? Has everybody has everybody had that? No, I I I have. Well, I I didn't realise. I, I guess I've been lucky. I've never really felt that it has been much of difference when it comes to to work related things like that i've always felt that um i'm i'm an engineer and and, and i just happen to be a woman but i haven't had any encounters where i felt a disadvantage of being a woman um i've, I've felt like the 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 road has been paved for me by previous brave women and men so I wouldn't have to go through that. Is some of that industry specific? Are there are there precedents within your industry, could be marine perhaps, that, um, that that have paved that way for you? Yeah, and the, and the, there's a lot of naval architects that are women, I suppose. But uh, I've been in a, quite a few different industry as a consultant engineer in in the software company I was working for, and I. Never really encountered that. Actually, something which happened to me from time to time is being taken for a secretary or a hostess or something like that straight away or in the emails. I am always Mr. Rakai, especially because I am working in a different country as where I am from. So my name really doesn't explain to them that I'm a woman. But apart from that, I never really had bad experience or having to prove myself. So I think also there is a, a kind of 
way which has been paved out already so there are more and more women still and it's it's something which gets uh yeah gets more usual or it gets talked about so yeah i'm, I'm slightly younger and I, I never had bad experiences or i never had the very bad situations with it being a woman irina your company's really small so i would hope franio's being a good boy um but <laughs> does that happen does that happen to you when you've got people coming in and things like that uh, well, I'm also uh, one of the lucky ones. Uh, I didn't have, uh, I didn't meet with all those prejudices uh, according to my gender. Uh, it's um, uh, they've never treated me differently. I'm, I do feel like I'm part of the team. So um, it's uh, uh, the one message I wanted to uh, send today is. Uh, is that uh, uh, girls are or women are uh, sometimes scared they uh, they're afraid they won't be good enough especially if they don't have an engineering degree and they are uh, hesitating in joining uh, engineering companies so uh, as i said before uh, i wanted to send uh, this different kind of message uh, uh, girls can do it although they are traditionally are they have uh, degrees in social studies and etc so um, so engineering is uh, a hard place to work then uh, yeah it's a great place to work and so uh, I, 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 uh, when listening to other stories i i really see uh, i've i've been lucky I, I was thinking though about the comments we just made and when i face mansplaining and i think when althea said she does too it's usually outside of our own companies at yeah. the conference or something like that because internally if you ask me about mansplaining answers i would say exactly the same things that other ladies said that i don't face it people who know me respect me and it's not a problem and i'm definitely here it's really good you're part of a community and team and one thing that's interesting working actually lebanon new hampshire is that people will say oh are you surprised to be the only woman in a room and I'm like, well, you know, that happens and it's pretty common in engineering. What I'm a little surprised is to sit in an office in the US and I'm often the only American in a room um, <laughs> meeting of 50 people and it's me and, you know, everybody else from all over the world. And that's kind that's a different kind of diversity, but also pretty neat. And I think it's something that actually helps that answers because are you different because you're the woman or different because you're American? And I pe think people don't really know, so they don't question it as much. Um, but I think that also, um, I'm awful with names, but you the lady before me had a really good point in saying that there's opportunity for everybody in engineering. And that's always a really nice thing to say, too. I wonder if the PhD, because there's a couple of us here, at least, that have got PhDs. And I was, I, I've got one, and I really appreciated suddenly being doctor and not having to do the whole, at the time I wasn't married, so the whole Miss, Mrs, Ms, um, <laughs> which would have made it very clear to anyone, you know, if, my, if, if I was a Mrs or a Miss. Um, but because I was doctor, I often get, um, when there's a form, uh, if there's not a doctor thing, people will assume I'm Mr. And I've been, you know, booked on flights and things as Mr. by people who don't know me. And you turn up at the airport and it's the same name and everything. And they look and they say, but you're down as male. And that's interesting. And I wonder if there's that assumption and, and whether that makes it easier. Because a lot of people in CFD do have PhD still, although it's becoming um, less of a, 
a thing. Maybe I'm a bit older than the others. <laughs> Not all of them. Well, that's what Aniko was saying, right, about her name. And then, of course, my name is Chris. And so if you <laughs> see on my LinkedIn and stuff, I put Chris, Christine Wolf. And that's to really avoid introducing myself. Hi, I'm Chris Wolf. And you see the Chris and then the light bulb go, up, oh, that Chris. And they'll get actually a little bit embarrassed. So if you don't see me or hear me, I always put the Chris, Christine so that, you know, it's obvious. If if I may uh, just to add something, um, uh, at the moment uh, in our company there's uh, nine of us, seven full time, two part time, and so when uh, talking about uh, gender, it's uh, me and other, uh, one more female colleague, and uh, the rest of them are boys. So two girls and seven boys. Um, uh, which is uh, a problem I was talking uh, before. Girls are traditionally um, graduating from uh, social studies and uh, there aren't engineers uh, on the market. We don't, uh, it's not, uh, uh, when we are hiring, uh, it's not important for us if somebody is uh, um, male or female, but uh, there aren't, uh, um, there are no women uh, who are applying to our job ads. Oh, right. One thing that Althea brought up um, in the sort of pre-interview stuff, or sort of pre-chat that we had before, is that you guys are all successful in your own field. So you must have found a way to deal with any of these issues that are maybe not issues for you guys now. So have you all just got thick skins or are there, is there really no problems going on in the background? <laughs> So I certainly have developed a thick skin to some degree. And I've realised, having been someone who's been a bit maybe dismissive of special stuff about women in engineering and women in simulation, I've realised that I'm a bit dismissive because I've managed to find ways to cope with a lot of these things. Now, one of the ways, arguably, is that I don't have children, which um, takes away one of the big differentiators. And as I've got older, people realise that I'm not about to go off and have children. So that also um, takes away uh, a sort of a differentiator. But um, I think, yeah, maybe I don't see the differences so much because um, I've got used to them. And, and that's maybe, you know, the, the, the women that we're losing, the women that we're not getting into simulation, the women that we're losing from simulation, they maybe don't have such a thick skin. I don't know. I think everyone else has children. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's a mixture of everything, uh, thick skin and a good babysitter. Uh, for example, at the moment, I have a health situation with uh, one of my kids and uh, uh, I have a good mother-in-law uh, babysitting at the moment. So, well, Me, I don't have children uh, yet or <laughs> I don't know but um, and I think I don't have thick skin yet either but uh, what was helping me a lot with all these kind of discussions at CERN was the women in technology community and was all the activities which were done in um, in schools to to change the situation that there are so many so, so few women in this field so well I mean I, I've never really had big problems by because I'm a woman but it's just so nice to talk to other women about these issues <laughs> and, um, yeah certainly it was really fantastic that there was this community and we were going out to schools to talk about how great it is to be an engineer and um, yeah I think this is the this is the main message that it's great to be an engineer and it's just 
so pity that girls are discouraged or they don't feel like doing it so yeah because of any any reasons yeah um, part of the reason it's great to be an engineer is of course the flexibility as you especially get past the early years of your career that let you balance work and life and have children <laughs> If you're an early engineer, it's hard to leave when you have the doctor's appointment or something like that. But, for example, one of my sons has a doctor's appointment this afternoon. It's no problem. Go to the doctor's appointment, come back and get your work done when you will, which is really flexibility that only comes in our kinds of jobs that is different for women with less education or in more jobs where you have to actually be there nine to five and that kind of thing. That's interesting because I think a lot of engineering jobs aren't flexible and even in simulation a lot of engineering jobs aren't really? flexible. I mean, for me, I work for myself from home. You can probably see from home. Um, and and it, there's a great deal of flexibility. And I, I love that. But I would say that when I've worked in industry, you know, when I've worked for a company, they've had quite set hours and it's been very restrictive. And it's one of the reasons that I haven't gone back to that. Uh, maybe this is somewhere where I've been lucky then. <laughs> sounds like we've all got our own little pockets of where we've been lucky i uh, i quite like it it's not all the same for everybody that's good um so one one thing that a theme that comes up when you see this sort of thing popping up on on linkedin and and, and other places like that is um uh this idea of of getting more um more girls into um into stem and into engineering at a younger age and obviously that's a that's a valid focus that you've got to be feeding you've got to have people coming into the um, into the profession but I'm, I'm wondering what some of the other problems might be in terms of do you think women have a particular problem with regard to um, progression in their career or or something like that I, um, if we can go this whole interview without mentioning um, lean in by Cheryl Sandberg I'll be amazed <laughs> it, it came up <laughs> every time we asked a question last time but I mean the um so do you think do you think there's an issue regarding progression? I think there's an issue regarding salary. There's certainly a salary difference. And that was interesting. I've had um experience of um in organizations that aren't very, that are very opaque regarding salary discovering that somebody else who is um my age um in the same department okay not doing simulation doing more of a design engineering role but uh slightly less qualified was I was quite shocked to be discover that he was being paid quite a lot more than me and that was quite interesting so I think there is a, a salary issue and I don't really know why that's the case um apologies to the cat meowing behind me yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know you know does anyone a progression in terms of progression I sort of stepped out of um working for a big company to have the flexibility that I know a lot of women would want if they had children or were caring for someone so um it's sort of not so much of an issue for me now. I think career progression, it's its the same, at least what I've observed, it's the same thing as everywhere else, is you have to work harder and be better than the men to get to the same place. To be recognized for doing the same job, you have to do a better job. And it's the same for progression, at least from what I've seen within the companies I work for, in that it's, it's the very best women who get promoted and they tend to have not too many problems. But if you're more of a you know, normal kind of worker, it's, I think, harder to get progress. And in fact, I had a conversation the other day uh, talking about when will we know that we've made it at Women in Tech? And the comment I had, which was a little bit flippant, we'll know when we have mediocre women around. That, you know, women are just regular workers too, and it's not the best ones that you're getting into engineering who are being promoted. When it's like was already said, you know, when 
um, like Arena said, when you really, the just normal woman is okay approaching an engineering company or something like that, and she doesn't feel like she has to be really, really good. She feels like she could just get a job. Maybe that's when we've made it, when it's okay to be mediocre and work in engineering. I mean, we, we right here, we're all right, part of the best and the brightest within the community, and those are the ones you see. So. Oh, I, I can I can relate. That's a good point, Chris. Um, I can relate to that. That if 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 there is a mistake made by a woman, it is more noticeable. I was going to make. So I was going to come in there with something about, but women don't make mistakes. But uh, mom, <laughs> my, wife's, my wife's not here, so we're okay. <laughs> but then that's the problem, right? Is if you're coming in that women don't make mistakes or women are really good that that puts us in a place where we're not allowed to make mistakes or be just a, make a little mistake. And so a lot of us, it's Oster syndrome, like somebody else mentioned, am I really good enough to work for this company? But it's also having the confidence to take the risk to make the mistake and say, okay, I made that mistake because I'm a good engineer and, or, you know, wanted to take the risk and then not to be worried about, oh gosh, what's everybody going to think? And what should I really have done that? And that kind of thing, our own hangups that especially as women get in our heads, you know, our own lower self-esteem or our own less confidence in what we think than men. Yeah, I, I think that, I mean, that refers back to the Sheryl Sambo book. Sorry, Robin, we had to do it. But no. she talks a lot about women maybe not putting themselves forwards um, enough. You know, she talks about sitting at the table, leaning into the conversations, and maybe women are not, uh, many women are not as aggressive and pushy as their male counterparts and that holds them back and the people who know me will say oh yeah that makes sense Althea she's quite hopefully they don't say aggressive but quite um engaged you know I, I'll, I will step forwards um and maybe that's why it's not been a problem for me I don't know yeah I mean that, de that definitely follows um, if we if we sort of track that back to your comment um way 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 ago where you you sort of it hadn't really occurred to you that there, there weren't any other women on the show and that you'd be you were actually going to be the first one um so yeah it makes some makes some sense definitely in terms of other issues i mean the, the sort of the the intake um is we, we've touched on that um a little bit but it'd be interesting to go into that um a bit more uh, sort of arena you were saying that you didn't have any um, women applying for the more engineering um, positions that you'd got available at all? Yes, we would like to have a, a team which is uh, balanced in, uh, meaning, let's say, genderally balanced, uh, uh, which, uh, because we believe it can prevent in problems when there is uh, uh, exclusively male uh, working organization or exclusively women working in organizations. So we're, uh, we are still hoping to hire more uh, women in our team. It's, uh, so at the moment there are two of us uh, who uh, have the courage, but hopefully it will change uh, in our next uh, conversation. Just a, a comment on this, because at CERN it was really all the time a conversation, diversity, how can we encourage more women? And I like the comment of uh, one of the male uh, section leaders who are saying, actually, um, I also would like to have women around because that just changes the atmosphere, it changes the chemistry, and it's just better to work in a more diverse environment. So it, it was a very simple reason, but uh, yeah, I really like that he... Yeah, I mean, if we all 
if we can do the same work, then it's just nice to be diverse. It's more interesting. And at certain diversity, it's not only women and men, it's also all nationalities, and it's a very good uh, environment for work. So, I mean, there was a um, there was a comment in the in the document that we kind of put together in the background around this about um, was there an issue um, of women coming out of university and perhaps not wanting to go and work in an all-male environment. Um, do you think that sort of thing is changing? I think that might be getting worse in the UK. Yeah. 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 I think there's, there's, there's so much um, in society which is um, separates out the genders and so much discussion. I mean, it, it's shocking. You go into toy stores, you know, it's Christmas, we're all going off buying presents. Not in my case for my children, but for other people's children. And there's the blue aisle and the pink aisle. And even when they don't have a blue and a pink aisle, they'll have maybe a green aisle and a yellow aisle, but they'll be separate. They'll be the girls' toys and the boys' toys. And it's, and I think there's a lot in society that is uh, emphasizing the differences, which is awful. Just, shocking <laughs> i kind of had the feeling that in in hungary where i grew up where i am from it was not such a big difference or it was just normal to be women in in science and in technology but now i work in switzerland and in switzerland i feel it's more you can see it more i mean almost all the time i'm the only women in the, in the discussions um so i don't know if it's also a cultural issue or yeah regional yeah I get excited when there's more than 10% women in the room, which is a pretty low bar when you think about it. But I count at every conference and everywhere I go, and it's often less than 10% women, even in a room of like 200, you'd be lucky if there's less 20. Is it more? I think it is a problem that when young women interview at places, they don't see people like them. I know my office is a little bit particular because we have a lot of women in testing. And so women that come to this office definitely see others. But the flip side is even trying to find women to interview anymore with the right qualifications, especially CFD qualifications, <laughs> is really challenging. I mean, we hire into ANSYS and to the CFD part is usually uh, bachelor's or master's in engineering of some kind with experience in CFD and all the rest of you have probably tried to hire those kinds of people too. They're hard to find period, much less to find women <laughs> with that profile. It's interesting. I met someone um, recently and, and this was a guy who um, it does CFD, a CFD engineer, and uh, we were talking about engineering and as you do um, CFD. And then uh, we had to travel, do some traveling together. And in the course of this, you know, you eventually run out of technical stuff you could talk about. So you say, oh, you know, do you have a family and the usual stuff? And uh, he was married with children. And um, I said, oh, you know, does your wife work? Because you don't want to assume. And uh, he said, well, it turns out this woman was highly qualified. She had a PhD um, um, relating to CFD. She had worked in CFD. But when they had their children, it became too difficult for her to do um, to find a role that she could find would work flexibly enough around the children. And so I said, oh, is she not working? And uh, I was told that she was doing um, tutoring. So she's using her science and engineering, but she's tutoring in maths and science for, you know, high school age children. And I was shocked. I was horrified that I'm you know, going to reach out to this woman and see if I can, um, you know, just encourage her. Yeah. Well, I haven't got a job, but but mm -hmm. I think that's that's interesting because she's someone who was obviously very highly qualified and it had some exper relevant experience, and yet she seems to have left CFD 
even though, as Chris said earlier, um, senior positions can often be quite flexible. I think CFD particularly lends itself to um, maybe slightly sporadic working because you send your solve off and then you have a little bit of time when you could, I don't know, do some other stuff. You know, when I first had my first son, actually, I was in tech support and then I did not have the flexibility and it was very stressful. And I can see why a lot of women with new babies would leave in that kind of situation. Because, of course, if you're in tech support, you need to be at the phone eight to five and this kind of thing. And I had a kid who didn't adjust to daycare. So he got sent home um, a lot. And even though you're using vacation time and sick time, it gets really hard to balance things. And then eventually I changed jobs into a more flexible job is what helped um, before my second son was born. So you do, I think, even within a company for flexibility, have to find the right position. It's, I just think it's easier to find those with a technical, with a CFD or engineering degree than it is otherwise. That's really interesting from the point of view that um, obviously things are changing um, perhaps slowly in this area. But um, do you think the, the the working practices and technology might, um, the way things are changing might help with, with some of this, people maybe doing more remote working or more flexible working? Or, uh, yeah, I'll leave it there. And I've got a follow-up question for you, depending on how that goes. <laughs> I've been talking a lot, but let me just say no. I think at least in the U.S., it's going the other way to where jobs are a little bit less flexible. The work-life balance pendulum is kind of swinging back towards work. And I know even in the last year, both my husband and I, you know, we still have the flexibility, but definitely it's longer hours at home. If we have to take time out during the day, it's not quite the same as it was. Oh, that's really interesting. I thought you were going to say it was well swinging towards the uh, life because side of the work-life balance. I would, I would say exactly the opposite, you see. <laughs> but that's because I run my own consultancy and I work from home. I've got home office and, um, and I'm using cloud facilities for solving, you know, for running simulations. I do most of my meetings are web-based meetings or meetings like this. And I've been doing that for years, my, our NAFEMS meetings, because we have people in the CFD working group from many different companies in many different regions we've been doing web-based meetings for more than a decade with NAFEMS so I would say yes it is uh, you know the, the the technology is helping so that's that's quite interesting I do uh, this might be slightly jumping off the point so we can pull back onto the point if we want but it's interesting Robin you run a consultancy and you know obviously you're well not obviously but you are married and you've got kids and um, it, is your is your working environment the reason that you went to do consultancy partly so that you could spend more time with your kids or have a more flexible lifestyle and possibly allow your wife to also do some do more work possibly? Just that one. was it was entirely that that was the only thing. It was a, a um, huge pay cut, and um, it is yeah entirely around flexibility um being able to take the kids to school every day and i pick them up every day i don't have to but i do well, I, somebody has to pick them up obviously they can't yep. stay there all the time but uh, <laughs> um yeah uh, just just more family time so that was the that was that flexibility um but, but, but you I, you couldn't have done that in a company you had to end up going out on your own um i i couldn't have done it the way i've done it now no um i'm probably not a very good employee either we'll, we'll leave that there it's not about it's not about, <laughs> you. It's about you guys. Um, um if you've thrown me you've derailed my thought train althea 
Again. Sorry. But I just um, think that, that uh, you know, if we're going to go forwards and have more of a balance between the genders, particularly, then, you know, childcare is something that's, uh, you know, dads and mums are both interested and involved in, and they should both be given the opportunity. So it shouldn't just be about flexibility for women. It should be about flexible for, flexibility for workers. And if you take it, the other the, the other sort of size of, side of that is um, my mother lives next door. I lived here first. She moved in. Um, and she's in her 80s. And uh, she's very independent. She drives and she's, you know, perfectly able to look after herself. But she had a fall in the summer and um, was incapacitated for a number of weeks. And because she was next door and because I worked from home, I could look after her. And when she started to be able to travel, I could take her to the supermarket, even though she couldn't drive herself straight away. And so I think there's also the, the, the other end of the scale when you're looking after someone else, you know, an older person, maybe. Yeah, I think it's flexibility for families. I mean, my husband telecommutes to Pennsylvania. So let's say that's 12 hours by car away. And so he works from home nearly full time. And so he's home. My boys are 14 and 12, so I don't have little kids anymore. But when they were younger, it was nice that he was automatically home when they got home from school. So when they were very little, we put them in an after school program. But after that, they can come home and do their homework and somebody's there. Of course, this year, they're old enough to stay home alone. But that wasn't in the past. So flexibility with families and for women in tech, having your partner really support you. And being able to share the work. I mean, if we had a more traditional house where he thought I should clean and cook and do all that and he should take care of the outside, nothing would get done, quite honestly. Um, what we find is we have to share the traditional women's work and outsource the traditional man's work. And that's how we make it work because men's work is easily more easily outsourced. I think it's easier to hire somebody to mow your lawn than it is to take the kids to school every day, right? So. Oh, sorry, Elizabeth, were you going to say something? Um, I think it's quite regional this is as well with um, work and life balance. Um, living in, in Holland and working in Holland, everybody everybody went home at four o'clock. They clocked in and then they clocked out and that was it. And there was 40 days of vacation. Um, so that, that was a pretty good life-work balance. And in Sweden, where I'm from, you have 18 months of maternity leave. I think it's now... you the the mom takes 12 months and if you want additional um, six months of maternity leave, then it's a dad that will, that will have to take that. And it's uh, that's, that's a little bit different. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it sounds a bit like what, what Chris was saying is the maybe some of the, the technologies leading us towards this kind of always on thing where you're almost always at work even when you are at home um and that, yeah that's probably no good for anybody um before we kind of get too close to running out of time and things like that we were talking about intake and things like that i am interested in what you guys think are a good we, we never did come up with a good collective noun but we go with guys um i'd be interested into what you guys think uh, are some good initiatives for getting more um girls into um stem at an earlier age um, or whatever the current acronym is, it's probably STEAM or something now. But anyway, getting girls into engineering and maths and things like that at an earlier age. What's a good, some initiatives that you guys have seen? Well, STEM ambassadors, I'm not one myself, but it, it's great that companies are taking uh, children into school and and show them women in engineering companies. I think being visual is it's very helpful to to think of yourself in the future. Could I be an engineer woman? Yeah, of course. Like I've seen loads. It's it's, it's what I imagine little girls think of. 
For me, something which until the age of, I think, 20, 21, I didn't even know what an engineer was. So I think this is something, and I studied environmental engineering, but I just joined, I, I applied because it was like all the, the scientific subjects. So I thought, okay, it can be good, but engineering was not defined in my vocabulary. So I think for this year to go to schools to show, and not necessarily women, but just to explain what is engineering, that you can solve problems, that it's really a, a great challenge. And um, here in Geneva, there is, a, well, I think it's an international uh, initiative called Expanding Your Horizons. And I'm volunteering for that. It's a, a kind of a conference where girls can go between the age of 11 and 14 and participate in workshops. Only, only women, so you, you will never be minority there. Um, these kind of things are really good to motivate early age around, yeah, to, to go for, for science and show that it's really something which is interesting and, and challenging. Yeah, we got to keep those girls from going to medicine is what I always think, because that's where most of the science adept women end up in medicine. So what I do is any outreach I can with girls, and by the way, it's not only about girls, it's about kids, period, because we're losing a lot of kids who don't, not as many kids get into engineering as they used to. So every opportunity I'm at the school talking about engineering, showing them the software and trying to pull them in. Internally, what we try to do is anytime there's hiring team, try to get at least one woman in the mix for the the list of candidates doesn't mean that you'll hire that woman because you want to hire the best person for the job, but at least you have one woman in the mix so that one has an opportunity for any new role that comes to ANSYS. And it, by the way, it's really disappointing when we can't hire the woman because she's not the best one in the mix, um, but that does happen. I mean, it's really just get her, get somebody on the list so somebody has a chance. I've also just registered as a STEM ambassador. So that was mentioned earlier and that's, uh, you know, you get all the sort of checks so that you can work in schools and um, slightly to my disappointment, my nephews are all boys, but uh, I do spend quite a lot of time with them doing a lot of making stuff. You know, they're interested in making things. And I think that, you know, the, the toys make a big difference. When I was a child, we had lots of Lego. And in fact, when I was at play school, so this is before primary school, this is age sort of three and four years old. The, um, the teacher actually complained to my mother because I like to play with the Lego. So I would go and sit in the Lego area and she went in and my mom had to go in and say, if my daughter wants to play with Lego, she should be allowed to. And um, there are some, you know, fantastic toys that encourage children that are not very, very gender specific. So I bought for my six year old nephew a very simple build it yourself clock because I'd like him to sort of you know, think about construction and how things go together. And his mind does seem to work like that. And I think toys like that that are not gender specific are, do help. Oh, did you buy that on Amazon? I think I might have gone the same one. <laughs> ah, my nephews. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you the link afterwards. <laughs> yeah, it looks great. In fact, my mum has just been sent, my mum has um, recently contacted with someone she hasn't uh, spoken to for about I don't know, 60 years. And um, he has sent her as a present a little Stirling engine, which you consider a heat, heat engine, <laughs> just because he's he's technical and he thought she would be interested. She's a retired doctor, so we're going to build it together. <laughs> uh, so she was one of those that escaped and got into medicine. That would be <laughs> Chris Warren, probably please. <laughs> So yeah, I think we've 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 covered some um, 
covered some good ground. Is there anything that anybody wanted to um, to chip in before we um, start to wrap it up? Because I wouldn't want to have if anybody's sitting on something that they wanted to talk about and I uh, haven't let them in, then now's the time. I just want to say, Rob, and I think it's efforts like this that really make the difference. Sorry, I'll be there. It was quicker. <laughs> but really just getting groups of women together so that we can talk and, hey, did you see this? Well, no, that's not what I've seen here. But, hey, have you seen this here? Oh, wait a second. I've seen that. How do you think I should deal with that? And just being able to commiserate, hey, it's not only my company. It's not only my country. Or maybe it is only my company in my country. That's useful information, too. But the more opportunities we have as women just to network and get together, the better. And that's what's going to keep women in companies and women in simulation and in CFD, I really think. I was just going to say that I think um, CFD particularly is something that potentially can appeal to a lot of women. Um, I like the sort of the, the many things happening at once in CFD aspect of it. I I know this sounds awful, but I really like the fact that it's a nice, clean, dry job that's in the warm. Because, you know, when I when I graduated, the best thing about getting a my first graduate job was not was being able to have enough money to pay somebody else to fix my car. I hate working on cars. Really hate it. It's just I hate it. Horrible, messy, always cold when they break down, you know. Um, so I think letting people know what sort of activities are involved in simulation and also the wide range of industries that are relevant. So if you come across a young woman or a young person interested in medicine, but with the skills when they could maybe go into engineering, say, well, you know, look at things like Living Heart Project and um, CFD and simulation generally being used for medical applications or pharmaceutical applications or food and beverage. And I think that huge range of industries is an asset. One thing that has really stood out for me in doing this is, well, there's two, actually, there's not one thing, there's two, th- there's three things. Um, <laughs> one was that we couldn't get more than 30, se- 30 seconds into the uh, into the round table without being into mansplaining, which <laughs> if, if you're listening to this and you recognise that behaviour in yourself then, or somebody just stop it cut it out and also i meant to say this earlier but chris said she got excited if there were more than 10 percent of women in a meeting if you're a man and you're listening to that and you're thinking the same again cut it out not good um but one thing yeah the thing that really stood out for me was that this has been quite a positive session i was a little bit worried it was going to turn into this sort of like little commiseration session where everybody was trying to outdo themselves with how badly done by they were as being a, a woman in the industry, but it hasn't been, it's been a quite a positive um, and diverse for the different use of the word diverse. Um, everybody's experiences were slightly different, but I think genuinely um, it, it's been a, a positive thing. And, and I, I think somebody listening to that from outside the industry would um would see that as as a good thing uh, can take heart in in that um i think we've probably put the does this really matter question to bed um yes it does matter but it isn't a simple thing that we can just address with with one there's no panacea or something like that hopefully when my daughter's old enough to join the world of work none of this will be relevant she'll probably wonder why we needed to have this conversation at all fingers crossed um but i have told her several times that the opportunities that she'll have during her work life probably haven't even been invented yet. So, but they'll have to choose wisely because I'm planning a very long, very expensive retirement kid. So heads up. Um, 
I, I want to say a quick thank you to all the panelists because this was a long time in the planning and I hope um, you guys found it worthwhile. Um, if you're listening to this, I hope you found it worthwhile too. If you want to carry on the conversation in the same spirit as it's been here, then you can probably find us all, I think, in the Talking CFD Facebook group at talkingcfd.com forward slash FB. Um, so yeah, if you've got anything you want to to add to the conversation, then come and come and join us. Otherwise, stay tuned for more episodes. Thank you again, everybody, for, for taking part. Without it, it would have just been me talking nonsense, which is what we try to avoid in this podcast. <laughs> Thank you. No worries, guys. Ciao for now. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.